Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hi, this is Kevin Conroy, and you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. This is Man at Arms, and you are listening to the Masters of Grayskull. We want to believe in an ordered universe. Some grand architecture holding it all together. But alas, after all these years, I finally know the real secret of Grayskull. There is only power. And now, I have the power. This is a new era. As the new sorceress, the bumbling idiocies of the past will no longer be tolerated. The only way we can stop this sorceress is with another sorceress. If we want to live... We're going to have to fight. If I can tap into the power, I can stop her. Soon, all of Eternia will remember this historic moment when Skeletor finally kills Eva. <laughs> <laughs> what are we laughing at? See, the sword is just the conduit. But the spark, that was always me. No. By the power of Grayskull! The power is mine alone. Why did it answer his call? Citizens of Eternia, we're in dire need of your help. There is nothing to live for. Many chaos. And to chaos. Will we all return? Thank you for being my daughter. Now you need to be something greater. Look at the sky. All hope is gone. Everything will end. Find safe positions. There are no safe positions. Oh, there's one. Behind me. Guys are in trouble now. Hello, this is Optimus Solo, and welcome to the 127th chapter in our Powers of Grayskull series. With me for this journey into the Masters of the Universe franchise, as always, is TFG1 Mike. Hello. Hello. And once again, our special guest crossing over from the realm of the Transformers, Steve Megatron. Hello. Hello. We are here to talk more Revelation. So is everyone ready for part two? Of Masters of the Universe Revelation, Mike? Yes, yes we are. And honestly, 
the date that I've kept seeing online wasn't that far off. It was just a month and a few days short. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, hey, it's going to be ready uh, November 23rd. And then obviously happy birthday we, to you. Yeah. And then obviously <laughs> we got the uh, the early access, which is awesome. So thanks to Netflix, et cetera, for doing that. And for Steve, uh, for making all that happen. Absolutely. Um, and this episode will be a non-spoiler part. You're not a champion. Justice cheerleader. And then you'll have to wait for the other half of the episode when we get into spoilers. So kind of picture them both as one full episode. So it'll kind of be like two short parts. So, uh, Mike, any business you want to take care of before we get into this? I just don't like the double embargo thing. I wanted this episode the like the episodes we did before for part one and these episodes that we're doing now i wanted it to be one whole thing where at one point in the episode i could put skeletor Mm -hmm. saying oh by the way here is the spoiler warning or whatever kind of thing like it's it's a whole thing folks but whatever yeah um I'm just pleased and happy that we got to watch it early um, and that we get to kind of start digesting thoughts as everybody else has to wait. Um, I know. <laughs> and we can watch them freak out on the Internet, although I don't think there's going to be as much freaking out this time as there was the first time. Um, people no, you have know already why? decided one way or the other how they feel and if they're going to watch it or not. So. Yeah, you know why there's not going to be a lot of freak out this time? Why is that? Because Mr. 37 kept his mouth shut and didn't swallow any dick on the way down. Houston, we have a problem. Well then, alrighty. I'm just saying, the dude opened his. He would not shut up in the promotion of part one. Well, I, I think that aside. Yeah. You know, say what you will for Kevin Smith. That aside, this second half, I feel like for fans is going to be less jarring than that first half. If you're not, if if you're not a huge fan of what they did in the first half. I feel like you're going to enjoy this second half a lot more in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think the one thing I kind of am disappointed at is that, first off, some people were mad at the first part without ever even seeing it. Some people are going to be mad about the second part without ever seeing it. They have already made up their mind that it's just something, and that's how people are on the Internet. They're stupid. So regardless, like take that section out. But the people that that actually watched the first part and were – some of them were justifiably – um, concerned about certain things or irritated about certain things. That's fine. Like you can, you don't have to like everything. You can like some parts, dislike some parts, whatever. And then there were some people that were just like batshit insane, didn't like it for ridiculous reasons, and whatever. Um, but I think my problem is going to be is people are going to react as if Kevin Smith and the the powers that be that are behind the series saw the fan reaction and then went back and rewrote the whole second part and and uh, bent the knee to the fans and like changed everything. And I don't think that's the case. I think this is how it was going to be the whole time. And yeah. people were just freaking out early for no reason, not realizing that there's a whole second part to this story, third part, fourth part, whatever, however many parts we get. And some of it they just were being impatient about. So, like, you kind of got to judge it as a whole. And that's the problem when you release part here, part there, part later, is that some people are going to freak out without hearing the whole story. And I think if they had had all of this at once, they probably would not have freaked out as much. Exactly. Like everyone said last time, like we said last time, five episodes is not 
it's, that's like getting like, upset at the pilot episode of some other show. Yeah. Like, again, if Netflix had released this as a t- it, it is a 10 episode season one. That's mm-hmm. what it is. As you just said, if they had released all of this at once and didn't do all this mm-hmm. hullabaloo promotion and blah, 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 blah. And, oh, my God, the master's rights are all over the place. Universal has this. Mattel has – that was the other thing. People didn't understand where this was coming from. People thought, because of what Kevin Smith had said several times, that this was going to be a direct continuation of filmation. Kind of is and mostly isn't. It has nods to it, but it's using the toy parts of what Mattel Television has the rights to in right. order to tell the story. Yeah, I think yes. Kevin Smith, the interviews he did after this came out, after the first part came out, were much better than probably the interviews he did beforehand. Because he did yeah. put some of the fans in their place afterwards and like outline yeah. stuff and this, that, and the other. And yeah. he also mentioned that uh, you know the 2002 Mike Young series, they couldn't touch. They couldn't go into any of that because of copyright issues. So right, right. they had to steer clear of certain storylines etc but uh i did like that he put some of the people in the place and you know like like they've all said this whole thing has been called masters of the universe it's not called he-man it's not called tila it's not called any of those it's about the whole universe and i think that's kind of what we got um but i'm just interested on surface value guys um just without getting into any details and obviously there will be no spoilers in this section but what was your overall first reaction to part two mike i watched it and I don't know if I'm now used to what Hasbro is doing with six-part breakups, because by the end of the fourth episode, I was like, or the ninth episode, whatever you want to call it, uh, I was like, wait, there's only one more? I thought there was two more after Like, literally, seriously, when I got to episode five, I'm like, wait, that's it? Not in a bad way, not in a way of like how I normally say about Star Wars, where it's like they get medals at the end and then that's it. There's no like climactic ending. It's just, hey, here's your trophy for blowing up the Death Star. Like, I didn't feel like that, but I felt like, but there should be more. What's going on here? I thought there was two more. Ep- I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. But no, the first watch through I did, I enjoyed it. I There are plenty of things that are non-spoiler that we can talk about here that I did not enjoy this time around. Okay. I'd be interested to hear those. Um, before we get I've, to that, though. Okay. Steve, what was your just first takeaway instinct, uh, your reaction after you watched it? Well, for for me, honestly, I, you know, I I grew up with Masters of the Universe. I I grew up with, you know, the old He-Man. Not not a huge fan of it as a kid, Mm -hmm. just because I was late in the game. Uh, But in this in this program itself, um, I uh, adding this this portion to part one. Uh, not only builds upon itself and and adds to the the richer dynamic that they've got going with the storyline, but it I don't know it it resonated a lot better with me on this second half, and I feel like like we'd mentioned previously that had the whole thing come out at once, I feel like the attitude would have been so much better uh, on the reception of this this program, and I I I found myself really enjoying it. I I actually. 
uh, watch the first few, and then I blitz through the rest of it uh, within uh, another part of an evening. And uh, it, I, I really enjoyed it, um, and, and and the direction that they kind of went with it. Yeah, I, I also I'm kind of blitzed it. I watched all five back to back, which I wasn't planning on doing, but uh, I started early enough in the evening that it wasn't super late by the time I was getting towards episode four and five and i'm like i just have to finish it tonight like whatever i wouldn't normally do that but i did um let's start with some of the stuff that we liked that we can talk about in non-spoiler um you know aspects so i'm just gonna start real quick at the beginning i still love the intro um i love the intro that they kept with those visuals i was kind of hoping to see maybe a few additional visuals that we didn't get um but i do like the look of the intro i still wish there was a theme an actual theme song with lyrics okay there isn't a theme song with lyrics but as i said uh along with uh tune master tim and 126.5 of this podcast there is a theme song and there are overall instrumental themes i'm actually glad they didn't go with uh, you know, I am yeah. Adam and I am this and I am that and by the power of blah blah blah. Yeah, I didn't need any talking or anything. I just no, it's just some kind something. of an instrumental. Yeah, I just something that would have been a little bit more of a hook. I know they're going for a little bit more of a mature thing, and maybe they felt like that would make it a little bit too young, um, aimed with the theme song. But I kind of wish there was one. Um, but that's just the intro. It, it's not going to make or break anything, obviously. But I do still love those those images that they use at the beginning. Going into some of the characters real quick that we already know are going to be in this, where we won't we'll keep out any new characters if there were mm-hmm. any for the spoiler part. And now. I have the power. Soon, all of Eternia will remember this historic moment when Skeletor finally kills He-Man! I'm not He-Man. But going into characters that we already knew from the first one, or at least we saw at the end of the first one, let's just start with Skelegod, um, because we obviously see him at the end of part one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's no spoiler that that's going to be something they start off with right away. Right. Um, I just get in, interested in getting your guys' opinions. We know who Skeletor is. We've seen him in various incarnations over the different series and stuff like that. And, you know, people like him, people love him, whatever the case may be, different voices for him, et cetera. I don't know what your guys' take was the Skelegod version, which is Skeletor with the power of Castle Grayskull basically at his uh, behest. I The only thing that kind of I wrote down here for him is – I thought it was an interesting design that they have basically like little faces all over him. Like he has Mm -hmm. like a jaw or a face, like for elbows, for knees, for his crotch. Like Mm -hmm. I I couldn't stop looking at all the different parts of him being like, why is that a face? Why is that a mouth? Why? (laughs) But, uh, and then he has an H on his chest, almost like a He-Man or like a horde or something like that. But he has an H, which was interesting choice for his chest. Uh, Mike, what did you think of Skelegod as a character? Well, as a character, he's all right. I, we already, obviously already knew about the H on his chest because that's right. what the toy had. And I get it. By the power of Grayskull, I have the power, blah, blah, blah. I'm glad there wasn't an S on his chest. Maybe it could have been better done with just like his traditional, like an upgraded version of his skull and skull and bones thing that he normally has but yeah that was a little weird um the design of him didn't really i don't know i didn't really i noticed it and i noticed it more when he was fighting but it was one of those things where okay that's the design 
Right. Sadly, I, I've yeah. never been a big fan of like the power up versions mm-hmm. of characters, whether it be in any cartoon. Um, yeah. When they all of a sudden become like that character on steroids or whatever, I've I've never been a huge fan of it. So I found myself wanting him to like wanting it quickly to get to the point where he was going to go back to being just normal Skeletor. But I, I have nothing against him. I just I just don't like that mm-hmm. characters in general. I'm not sure I wanted that scene, but that's a discussion for another episode. <laughs> uh, Steve, what did you think? You prefer Skeletor or Skelegod? Well, I, I prefer Skeletor, but um, Skelegod wasn't too bad, actually, uh, right. considering. Uh, I mean, he could have gone New Adventures and looked like that. So, <laughs> you know, so Skelegod was was far superior in that that right. So, right. Uh, so, I, yeah, yeah. I honestly didn't have any problems with any of the other characters except for one, which we'll get into here in a second. But of the characters that we had already seen in part one, you know, the basic you know group that we have, I thought they all stayed fairly true to what we got um, outside of some stuff that we'll talk about in spoilers as, as far as a couple of the characters evolving into other things, which we'll get to. But um, as far as the group that we already had from part one, I just have to point out, and you guys know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> Queen Marlena is awful 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 awful. Uh, that is really poorly voiced i don't know what was happening with alicia silverstone i don't know if she's just a bad voice actor or if she was being poorly directed or what but the voice she's using for queen marlena does not fit that character no not only does the voice not fit that character but the lines they're giving her to say do not fit that character this is supposed to be the queen so we have queen marlena and king randor who for all of time in the masters of the universe franchise have been the elders, the royalty, mm-hmm. the classiest characters that you're going to come across, the most mature characters that you're going to come across. And yeah. they give Queen Marlena a line that says, quote, long story, my butt. <laughs> like, I had no words for how they depicted Queen Marlena, except for that it was awful and I did not want to see any of her. Uh, Mike? Okay, I did not notice it as much in part one. with no. Marlena. With Alicia's voice acting as Marlena. I did not notice it as much in part one. I think the whole, my, you know, you know, tell me a story, whatever, whatever your line you just, like, I think we are meant to look at that scene as to say that she is really close with her son and she likes joking around with him. She already knew the secret, so she wasn't hiding anything from her, yada, yada, yada. Where I get tripped up is the point where Silverstone is doing the Marlena voice, and then she breaks into share from Clueless. <laughs> Not just because she says as if, and she does say that. Tila should be inside by now. If Adam was able to keep Evelyn busy, our new sorceress might just give us a fighting chance. If not, Eternia may have seen her last sunrise. As if. I will put it right here, but she does say that, and it's one of the things where it's like, are you doing the character voice, or are you talking as a voice from X number of 20-something years ago? Like, seriously, this time around, I heard more of Alicia Silverstone's actual voice, and I used to, I used to, I, as a teenager, I used to love this girl, you know, but it's like one of those things where it's like, I don't want to hear your voice as a character that I've known my entire life because you're not actually doing a voice for the character. You're just trying to 
again, I don't know. Again, like like we've said in the in the Transformers ones, is it bad voice direction? Is it bad scripting? Is it this? I think it's just bad voice direction and uh, bad voice casting. Yeah. yeah. And it goes past just for using her voice, although that is bad. It's just like the whole characterization of the queen is so juvenile, and it shouldn't be. Like, it should be the older, wiser. Yep. So I really was thrown off by the queen. That was probably the most, uh, the character that most stood out in a negative way. I think if you had an an older-sounding Queen Marlena uh, voice actress. Yeah. And she was delivering the same lines with a little bit of snark and a little bit of like uh, uh, irritation. Instead of sounding like a teenager. You know, right. yeah, yeah, something that sounds like an older woman that's like, you know, this is bull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and you could you could believably see her right. complaining. I yeah, think that would work a little bit better. I think because they had her, they wrote her. 90s lines into into the script I also think that we're not ever going to I seriously doubt any of us had any issues with the animation overall oh no it was was actually really good top notch great I want a Transformers series in this style of animation whatever but the thing of it is is her character design she looks like an old crow, but she sounds like a damn teenager. Right. It just didn't fit. Like, it didn't fit at all. What they really needed to do is like you have Susan Eisenberg, who was Wonder Woman in the in the in the Justice League cartoons from the DC Anime Universe. You have her as the sorceress. You needed Adrian Barbeau, who was Catwoman in Batman the Animated Series. You need her as Marlena. Or just anybody that's older than Alicia Silverstone, I guess. And oh, I thought yeah. I thought maybe she'd be able to pull it off because she has gotten older since you know the '90s, but it still just didn't work for me. Um, and I Not think part of it too with some of those lines, I think Kevin Smith, I will defend him for a lot of things when it comes to this uh, series. But one thing that I think he just cannot avoid is he can't help but throw as many nods and homages to other properties, other shows, other things from pop culture that he can possibly throw in there. And I, I like that when it's done like little bits and subtlety and stuff like that. But when you put in a line that makes her sound like the character from clueless, and when you do a couple of the other things that we've seen him do so far in the series, they've only been a few that have really stood out like as jarring to me, but I just think he can't resist it. Like he has to put in those nods and he has to put in a little bit of the immature humor, um, which we got a little bit in the first part and we're going to get a little bit in the second part. I'm not going to say what it is yet because it'll be a spoiler. Um, yeah. So I think he just can't quite resist doing some of that stuff. And I'm assuming that's him because that's what he's kind of known for. I don't think that's one of the other writers or one of the other directors or, you know, people involved, et cetera. But um, going on through some other stuff that I just, I did like, I'll change it to the positive. I love the facial expressions they give to Skeletor throughout all of this. Um, I just think they did a really good job of kind of getting that humorous campiness of the eighties, but yet also having it somewhat of a, character you're going to take serious um Mm -hmm. but they do pick and choose times to give him kind of those funny facial expressions that we're used to so i really like that and you you get some lines that accompany that where i believe um it might be evil lynn at one point says you know the bumbling idiocy or or somebody uses the phrase blithering boob um you know those are things straight out of the filmation (laughs) version so yeah i liked that any other character thoughts uh mike I I didn't think it would ever happen. 
I really, really didn't think I, I would ever be on a podcast saying this. This is my single most disliked performance Mark Hamill has ever done. Really? Attend the tale of sorceress, seen here in her darkest hour. Find the sword, the old crone cried. It's the source of my magical power. She summoned three to Greyskull, a witch, a warrior, and war. With all hope lost, the champion dead, she begged them, find the sword. I liked Skeletor in part one. I didn't mind the Skelegod stuff. And I don't necessarily blame him, but there are some of the voice inflections that I do blame him. And I can say this because it's in the trailer, which played at the beginning of this podcast. When he and Adam are laughing and then he's like, what are we laughing about? (laughs) 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 What are we laughing at? See, the sword is just the conduit, but the spark, that was always me. And I've often wondered, what kind of fabulous secret powers would be revealed to me if I didn't have the sword, but still said the words? That just, oh, it, it just, it's, it's not even Joker. It's not even the fact that his version of Skeletor is just like his. It isn't even that. It's just it was bad. Yeah. I, didn't, I, I wasn't thrown off as much. I, I can see some people making them saying that he's just doing his Joker or probably criticizing him for that. Some of that. But I, I am not as familiar with his Joker. So maybe that's why it didn't bother me. I think my problem with part two with his vocal performance is that they're trying to do with him what they did with Jake Fushi as Optimus. Like, yes, Mark has obviously decades of talent over that kid, but the thing where Optimus would get angry and he would start talking, like, you know, he would go in that really horrible sounding voice. I feel that Hamill's Skeletor, when he would get angry and then he would go back to the subtlety of the Skeletor character and then there was just that one scene that just creeped me the hell out but we'll talk about that next time yeah uh, for me I buy that somewhat because Skeletor is supposed to be unhinged in a way and almost have like multiple personalities so like I I don't mind him kind of going off into different things go crazy go subtle go soft go loud like I just think Oppenheimer could have done it better (laughs) yeah Yeah, I don't think they were getting him for a long amount of time. Uh, no, I don't think so much. either. But Steve, I wanted to get your opinion, too, on something that I thought jumped out, especially during the second part, even more so compared to the first part. But I think they did a fantastic job of showing the scale of the battles, of showing depth in the scenes, um, you know, the distance, the the amount of space we're working with, like on the landscape, as well as like the scale of the people, um, things of that nature. I know we kind of talked a little bit about the animation, but uh, anything else on that line from a visual standpoint that stood out to you well the amount of detail and color that they had in there or lack thereof depending on the the type of battle going on um was it it was yeah actually it was quite epic because you you got a lot of detail flowing around on the screen at the same time and and varying um because i mean this this half was a lot of it was just battle 
mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, obviously so just because Skella God and everything else going on. Um, but uh, I mean, seeing the, the various man of arms uh, outfitted uh, lieutenants of King Randor's army and um, a certain uh, villain from the, from down under um, <laughs> coming back. And uh, I mean, I think we can say, you know, Scareglow because, yeah. he, you know, that's not Subternia not was really. not a, spo- yeah. Subternia was not a spoiler here. No, but uh, seeing a lot of that stuff play out though, uh, multiple battles going on simultaneously, like the amount of scale that they were, they were playing with here it, it, to one, to keep it all uh, in uh, a coherent thought mm-hmm. uh, between all the the various uh, uh, individuals that were fighting, um, and then the fact that they they managed to capture all the vivid colors and all the um, the gear that they have the 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 powers the just just everything it was just a lot of fun to watch yeah and another thing that they did mike and i'll let you talk about the visual scale and stuff because i just think there was a couple of shots where they kind of backed up and did it from a far away perspective that made it really cool but another thing that they do in this kind of a continuation from the first part is they obviously stick with a very mature tone throughout mm-hmm. this second part so we're going to have deaths that we'll get into in the spoiler section uh we won't do any of that right now but i just thought like how many cartoons outside of you know non-anime cartoons have you seen that are just showing blood drip from a character and things of that nature so they definitely had a lot of the mature tones to this as you know something that's not for necessarily the kids this is for the people that are adults now that grew up you know watching this as a kid um so mike any thoughts on the visuals the mature aspects of it or anything like that i thought it was interesting i thought that it's more of the same of what we saw in part one because it there is it isn't like there's like ten times more blood in this. And again, this is Netflix. This is people. Okay, when I was a kid, I got to see He Man and the Masters of the Universe on WSBK channel thirty eight in Boston. That was a over the air channel. Obviously, almost forty years ago now that was a completely different landscape with standards, boards, and practices, and blah, 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 blah. And standards, boards, and practices is still a thing today on, like, Cartoon Network and things like that. But this is Netflix. This is a pay, you know, subscription for adults. Yes, there are kid profiles. Yes, yes, yes. But it doesn't matter, like you just said. This incarnation is supposed to be for us who grew up with it. I didn't mind it. I didn't like I didn't free, it didn't gross me out. It didn't freak me out too much. The one thing I will say was <laughs> I was really really interested to see shades of Shira in this second part in the one scene in the beginning with Tila and Adam because I was like, "Hey, wait a second. That's not a part of the sorceress's powers." That's a part of She-Ra's powers. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Um, we might have to get more into that in the spoiler section. Yes, um, yes. I, I think the other thing for me, and Steve kind of mentioned a little bit about how there's a lot of battles and there's a lot of things like that. I do think that's true, but 
I had like an overwhelming feeling that there was a whole lot of exposition going on in this part compared to the first part. Like there's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of one-on-one conversations. Um, there's a lot of going back and forth to me. And I think at times it's done well. Um, there's a great scene between man at arms and evil Lynn. I won't go into the setting mm-hmm. and things of that nature, but there is a great scene between man at arms and evil Lynn. There's also some decent scenes between Beastman and Evelyn um, and a couple other, you know, one on one characters where they just take two characters. They let them have a conversation and you really get to delve into what's behind those characters and what makes those characters. I thought that was really done well in a few instances. But then on the other side of that, I felt like sometimes there was so much hemming and hawing and going back and forth over a single decision here and there that Mm -hmm. it took away from their ability to spend that time doing a little bit more. Um, I thought they could have done more with the time they had over these five episodes instead of focusing so much on a couple decisions that a character was very indecisive about. Um, So while I enjoyed the characterization and those conversations, I just wish they would have somewhat sped that up a little bit so that we could have gotten more done in these five episodes. I don't know, Mike, you were nodding your head a little bit on that. Yeah, I mean... There needs to be a balance between dialogue and action. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there. If, if people go back to episode one through 45, yeah, one through 44, whatever it is of this podcast, you'll hear Kevin and I talking about the old filmation series. And you'll hear us in several episodes saying there's either not enough dialogue or there's too much action or there's not much to talk about in this episode because it was all action or whatever. And I get it. You know, you get like out of five episodes, you get up three episodes in, you may have a few battles, you may have a few dialogue scenes, whatever. And then the majority of episode four is the battle. That's fine. Right. You know, that's, that's fine. It, It is what it is, but you can't, over action something or over yeah there's just a lot of exposition i felt yeah 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 you can't over exposition something either Uh, yeah i mean it wasn't something that ruined it for me i just felt like there was opportunities lost because we were spending so much time on a couple of these decisions but um just kind of giving your thoughts on that steve or any final thoughts before because we can't get into too much more without getting into spoiler territory so just kind of going around the the room here and getting any final thoughts on non-spoiler stuff that you wanted to mention or overall thoughts on the second part start with you steve um i like i said i just i enjoyed a lot of the direction that this one went uh and the fact that it wrapped up certain storylines with certain characters it resolved some things that you're kind of like hey why'd this happen this way uh and then uh some of the cliffhangers from part one uh there's a lot of resolution going on in this uh as long as well as some added questions i guess i could say yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely mike (laughs) He showed her his O face. <laughs> oh, Lord. And I'm not even talking about that one scene that we'll talk about next time, but I'm just waiting for that repaint at this point because of a certain character that shows back up. And I will say right now, I loved his performance. I, lo- I enjoyed it in the first part, but I loved it in this part. Uh, uh-huh. Griffin, you were an amazing voice actor, sir. So, yeah, really enjoyed it. Overall, 
I think maybe sometime next year, because next year technically is the 40th anniversary of the overall brand. But I may want to revisit this and watch all 10 episodes and just do one podcast talking about the whole thing as one. Because I actually tried to watch it all 10 before we Mm. did this, and I just... I just couldn't. <laughs> I just didn't have enough time. Yeah, overall, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of, of negative said about this part. I think most people should enjoy it. I think the people that enjoyed the first part are going to enjoy this one as well. I think some of the people that were bothered by the first part might enjoy this part more. So I'd be interested to see what the fans' reactions and the, the actually intelligent people's reactions are about this uh, series. But I think that's going to do it for our non-spoiler talk. We can't talk about it anymore. They've told us we can't, and we don't want to you know, break the rules or break the 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 law when it comes to that uh, because then they'll stop giving us access to this stuff early so uh, break Mike the goes, law right okay. <laughs> break their law break, break, break their, their law. laws okay yeah. sure uh-huh yeah. considering half of that trailer that they released basically spoils everything yeah, but everything whatever. they told us not to spoil they spoiled in the trailer but we're not going to do it we'll let them right, do we're it not gonna, themselves so. not saying about that nope so Just Mike gonna... tell everybody uh, how they can listen to more of us and then let's get out of here so we can give them the spoiler section get that ready for them in a little while that's right. Thank you for listening to us as we are the Masters of Grayskull. If you'd like to get in contact with us, leave feedback for the show. There are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can listen to and comment on all of our content. We're almost at 13 years, folks. Almost. Uh, here are all the ways you can listen to us nowadays. Apple and Google Podcasts, leave us reviews, please. Spotify and any other podcatching client you choose to use. Follow us on Twitter. The network is at Geekcast Radio. The show is at Power of Grayskull. I am at TFG and Mike. Steve, what is your Twitter? Or what are your Twitters? Well, they're at SCP21 and at Steve Phillips VO. Kevin? Mine is at Optimus Solo. And there's some sort of geek showcase out there on Twitter, too, folks. Go check that out, too. Uh, become a fan on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash network. You can also search out Powers of Grayskull series over there as well. We finally have a Facebook page for the podcast. It only took me 10 years to set it up. We hope you enjoyed the Grayskull goodness today. And don't forget to join us in our next adventure. We will bring you some sort of Pogs content. Oh, wait. It is the spoiler-filled episode for Masters of the Universe Revelation. For now... I am TFG on Mike with Steve Megatron and Optimus Solo. By the power and for the honor of Grayskull, we have the Orco. I don't know about you, but I can sleep for a week. Too loud. Too loud. Aww. I can help you, Cringer. All we need is a little magic. This cat is scared and thinks there's trouble, so keep him safe inside a bubble. See? I'm protecting Cringer's hearing in a soundproof bubble. He's not scared anymore because he can't hear. <laughs> he also can't breathe. Um, uh, there, there is no air. It's made things worse. Come on, bubble, it's time to burst. Uh, does anyone have the power to help me save Cringer? I have the power. 